Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, good evening, church. It's now time for the word. Let me open up with a word of prayer as we pray about the word of God. Father God, Lord, we are gathered here now in the name of Jesus Christ, O God, and we need your Holy Spirit to open up our hearts and let the word speak for itself, Father. Lord, please have a visitation in every home tonight, every person listening, Father, as you would take this message to bring you honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening, church. It is time for the Word of God, and I have titled my message tonight, Stop That Man From Becoming a Witness. And I'm sure I'll be closing the series of Stop That Man. And we've purposefully stolen it and used Pastor Harold's title for our messages. So stop that man from becoming a witness. Last week I ministered about fishermen in Luke uh, or Matthew 4.18. And what a wonderful piece of scripture. Right there in the beginning of the Lord's ministry where the Lord started selecting fishermen and now we will focus upon going on from there, because from that point onward, I want to fast forward you quickly to three years after that event. Many things have happened to God's disciples, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Been, there's been a lot of hard work putting, put in by the Lord, and many, many, many things happened. But the one thing that happened to the disciples those who closely walked with the Lord, is that the Lord deposited His Word into their hearts. And He was busy establishing them so that something might happen to them. But yet in all of that, there was still a question in their hearts, something that the Lord never answered. Yet He answered it, but He did not answer it directly. I want to quickly deal with that and then go on from there. And my scripture reading for this evening, where I want to start, is Acts 1 from verse 4. Acts 1, starting in the book of Acts. Let us read here. Acts 1 from verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. And John, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? One question they have walked with all the time. And he said to them, the following, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I think one of the reasons why um, Judas fell away was that that answer, he, that answer was never, 
That question was never answered for him because what Judas wanted was a political figure that would give him some ruling power or governance. And I think as the ministry of the Lord went on, Judas, you know, heard the voice of Jesus saying, but I'm going to die. And that is the anticlimax of Judas's ministry where he disconnected. And yet at the end of three years, they asked him, Lord, when will you restore at this time the kingdom of Israel? And we know that God would only deal with Israel when it came to the end of the age, which we are living in now. So after 2,000 years, God is now dealing. He's now dealing with Israel once again. But for 2,000 years, the Lord dealt with the church, the period of grace where the Lord raised up a Gentile generation of nations and people that would serve him, which we would be part of. Myself, as a Gentile seated here, I'm not Jewish, but yet I actually, in my heart, became a Jew. But the Lord now, you know, the fishermen needed the tools to be able to do the job. And they needed the empowerment to be able to do their job. And this is where the Lord said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth where we are seated now as the end of the earth. And I think through the time that these 12 disciples spend with the Lord, everybody would inquire of them to ask the Lord that question. And finally, the Lord said to them, Mind your own business. Focus upon what God wants to do now. He wants to empower you and he wants to send you. This is the church, the purpose of the church. And this is basically where, you know, where the, what the words of Jesus that he spoke would now come up and revisit them in their ministry to the lost. And now suddenly John 3.16 has deeper meaning about what Jesus said. For the Lord said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes is not in Him. He who believes in Him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The only begotten Son. The only begotten Son. You know, this is the answer that we take with us to a lost world. The fact of the matter is that nowadays there's a Christless Christianity. But we go out because the Father has sent the Son to a lost world that through Him and only Him this world might be saved. Because the world is already condemned. No person is automatically saved. None, not one single person after Adam is automatically saved. The world needs 
Jesus Christ. Therefore, God has raised up these men to go out with their families, to go out and do this work of the ministry. The one thing we need to understand, and dear church, I don't know how you see the world, but you need to see the world out of God's eyes. And the world must be seen as unsaved. This world, as we are fishermen and women, that we've got to have the eyes that the world is unsaved. Because if we just automatically believe that most people that use the name of God is saved, we will miss the target. We will miss the mark of why Jesus Christ came to this earth. And sometimes we need to pray and fast about the lost. Our prayers need to be primarily focused upon the lost. So we need to have the right focus on the world. And the focus in John 3.16 is that Father has sent the Son with purpose. And now that part in the book of Acts says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. If you have met Jesus immediately, if you are born again, immediately we become witnesses of that, what has happened. And a witness is something different. A witness, witness about something, about a certain event. The reason why many people are not witnessing is because the event has not happened to them. The first thing that happened in my life when I gave my life to Christ and I got the Holy Spirit was to talk about that. It became such a natural thing that consistently in my mind, I'm a changed man. I want to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, so many Christians are pleading in America, they call the fifth. They are pleading the fifth. They are pleading silence. A person pleads the fifth. You cannot plead the fifth in your testimony of what you know and what you believe. You know, we in our constitution, in the Bill of Rights, it's basically section 35 in the Bill of Rights. A person, according to the law, may plead the right to silence. And you can plead the right to silence not to say anything concerning a matter that would implicate you. So basically, a person would interpret your silence as this person just doesn't answer. Now, in the context of the Word of God, <laughs> pleading the fifth or pleading silence is a dangerous thing because that surely causes a person to miss the mark upon what God wants to do in a person's life. Because I, be I became now a witness of what Christ has done in me. So, you know, the Constitution, God's book, the wonderful Word of God. We cannot remain silent about what has happened inside that book. So we need to go forward as witnesses in the kingdom of God. So let us talk a little bit about, you know, what is a witness? A witness is a person that have seen and heard a thing. And many times you'll hear as you study the Word of God, the words seen and heard. 
we see that these words come in the Bible consistently. And there are people who give amazing testimony to what they have witnessed. Now, the first person is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In John 3.31, it says, He who comes from above is above all, and he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words or the word of God. For God has not given him the spirit of by measure. The Lord Jesus Christ, the things that happened in heaven, the, the communication between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ came and He manifested that what happened there. He's a witness of conversations that happened there. And Jesus Christ manifested this, that what happened there in His life, the way He lived and what He did. And now suddenly, because of that, you know, it's like the certifying of a document. You certify a document that this document is a true replication of that document. And the commissioner of oath would have the ability to do that. You would see the two documents and certify that this one is true. Therefore, I can put my stamp of approval on this. The Father has put his stamp of approval on the Lord Jesus Christ to go forth and be the begotten Son of God, to go forth and die on that cross. And because of that, Jesus Christ became a witness and a witness of the Father's sending. Now Jesus Christ has empowered His church that He certifies us as true witnesses that something would happen in your life and through your life. And that certification is that the power of God by the Holy Spirit would work in a person's life. Have you been certified by God as the real deal? When a person become born again, God certifies you by sending you, by saying, this person is really the true copy of my will. Therefore, this person can go out and my power will follow him. You know, the shepherds at Jesus' birth in Luke 2.20, they, it says here, then the shepherds returning glorified and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen. They became witnesses of what happened there. The apostle John gives the following in Luke 7:22. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John, this is actually John the Baptist, go and tell John the things that you've seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are being raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. That is the certification that you are true to God. When the power of God works in your life, and he says, go and tell John, this is happening. Therefore, no. And the disciples of Jesus in Acts 4.20 says, for we cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard. They testified. They started to testify that this is true now. John the Apostle in 1 John 1, uh, 1, 
1 says the following, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. You see, church, our words under the power of the Holy Spirit, the words that we speak has eternal value. What the Lord Jesus has seen and heard, what the disciples has seen and heard, they testified of that. Therefore, when I become a witness, I start testifying and what goes from my lips is eternal. It has eternal ramifications to this lost world. Therefore, I will always emphasize that we need to speak and witness of what Jesus Christ came to do. And the greatest person in my life that stood out as a witness that God used is the Apostle Paul. The, look, look, hear this, Acts 22 verse 12. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour I looked at him and he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. Then again, you hear the seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And immediately, the disciple of Jesus Christ said to this new disciple, Why are you waiting? You are a witness, and you will become the greatest witness that have ever walked this planet. Paul's witness became so powerful, and the grace of God became so powerful in his life that he literally, under the power of the Holy Spirit, turned the whole world upside down. And the grace of God was working so powerfully in his life that he wrote 13 books of the Bible, and he would become the most used person under the grace of God. When we become witnesses of the work of what Jesus Christ came to do, then the power of the Holy Spirit will manifest in a person's life. And you become such a powerful witness. So now I want to ask you, have you entered God's witness protection program? You know, when, when a person would want to testify in a court of law and this person's life is in danger, that person would go into a witness protection program. I want to tell you, those special forces soldiers of Jesus Christ, if you've entered God's witness protection program, then God doesn't hide you, but God actually sends you. He sends you into difficult circumstances, into hard things, to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And that's the place where we don't fear anymore. Fear need to go. So many people fear. Do you know that the Lord actually instructs us not to fear? It's an instruction of the Lord Jesus Christ that when you go, do not fear. And we see this, Acts 5, 28 to 29. This is where 
Peter and them, you know, they, they, they spoke and then they were arrested and then they faced the Sanhedrin and, and the high priest and, and these priests. And this is the words that these people who are newly filled by the Holy Spirit said. They said, did we not strictly command you that you should not teach in his name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intent to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter, oh, look at here, Peter. This now changed man under the power of God's Spirit. Peter said, but the Peter and the other apostles, now there's agreement between all the apostles, all the disciples. And they said, the whole church said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Isn't that just powerful? That we ought to obey God rather than men. It's not about me and my life anymore. It's about God's plan for my life. Now Peter, bold, not denying the Lord anymore, speak these powerful words. But I want you now, I want the church, all of us, to enter God's plan for us. And I'm calling it now purposefully the unashamed plan. Have you ever heard of the unashamed plan? You know, you have a medical aid, and under your medical aid, you would have certain plans. But God has a purposeful built plan for His church. And I call it tonight the unashamed plan. It's a wonderful plan. Let's read about this. Paul now, writing his books, describes the unashamed plan. Paul in Romans 1 verse, from verse 9 says the following. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, without, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request by some means, now that at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I, I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles, then Paul says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So, listen church, as much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith in the unashamed plan of God. Paul has mentioned a couple of things here, which we as a church need to take note of. He's actually giving a lot here, just in the beginning here, in the, of this amazing book of Romans. And in the unashamed plan, I'm going to touch on some points there. Stay with me. Basically, in the beginning, Paul said, it is where your spirit is placed under the spirit and the control of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 59, 21, it says here, As for me, this is my covenant with them. 
says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you and my words which I've put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your offspring nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forevermore. The word of God on my lips should not depart from my lips because that will impact the generations to come because I'm under the control of the Holy Spirit. And then the second thing Paul mentions here is the impartation of spiritual gifts. A witness does not just go and testify. A witness has got certain things that he wants to impart as well. And Paul says, I wanted to get to the church of Rome because I have something to give them. You see, a spirit-controlled Christian like Ananias had something to give Paul. Paul, who became this powerful man of God, under the control of the Holy Spirit, you become the enemy of your enemy. Suddenly you don't run anymore. Suddenly you go in. And then, you know, that um, the spiritual gifts, the impartation of spiritual gifts. Go and please look at 1 Corinthians 14. You'll find all of these things. It did not end. I want to tell you, there's... The, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit did not end. And Paul wanted to impart this what he has received to the people. Because the gifts of the Holy Spirit causes stability in a person's life. Stability in our ministry to the world out there. And then what a person become? You become a fruit inspector. Because now suddenly you want to see the fruit in other people's lives. And Paul said, I want to give you something so that fruit might Come from that specific thing. See, a, a spiritual person is never a quitter. It's, it's a person who has a plan, will go forward with that plan, and does not stop. And then Paul mentions something powerful. Paul says here, he says that he becomes a debtor. You know what a debtor is? A debtor is an individual or organization that owes someone money. We must open up a debtor's book in our spiritual lives. I owe it. As Paul said, I owe it to you. I've become a debtor both to the Greeks and to the Jews. I become a debtor. It means that I have a debt to pay. When you become a witness of Jesus Christ, there's a debt to pay to spread the gospel to this lost world. I'm indebted by what Jesus did for me to spread the gospel of the good news. I'm indebted. I'm in debt to my family. I'm in debt to the people I can reach and touch. To not be shy, but to be a witness in sharing the message of the gospel. And God's debtor's book sounds like this, Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things as I have commanded you. Now this is the place where the rubber hits the road. So much as in me, have you heard that? We always hear that. So much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. Paul is basically saying here, that Christ has given me so much. His plans, His purpose, His love, His grace, His Holy Spirit, His mercy. 
and I'm ready. But the thing about readiness, many people stand ready. But the readiness in the Greek, if you go and study what ready means, readiness means willingness. And a willingness is an instruction to go immediately. As Ananias said to Paul, why are you waiting? Go forth and do it. Therefore, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to this world. You see, now, wonderfully, you know, there's the devil's plan. God's plan is this wonderful, unashamed plan. But the devil's plan that works in Christians' lives is the shy and deny plan. If you are in that plan, the shy plan is the deny plan. Can you imagine if tomorrow, tonight, every person starts testifying how the Holy Spirit would start working in the lives of so many people? So, Matthew 10, 32 says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I'll also deny before my Father in heaven. Do you know, that actually, I take that scripture in my life and apply it to me daily. That we think that just that is just at the white throne judgment where people will be denied because they've denied the Lord. I believe the Lord looks serious at His church. And that there are many people whose prayers are not answering because they are denying the power of being a witness for Jesus Christ. You'll see how God works with you when you work with Him in His plan that He has for your life. You see, your testimony is the most powerful weapon you possess in your arsenal. And you and your testimony is personal. You don't need to be like another person. Don't go and try and do what other people do. Do what you can do with your circumstances where you are. That is the place God has called you for. Therefore, you don't need to know the whole Bible of heart. You just need to go with the love of Christ in your heart and testify of the love of Jesus Christ and you will see there will be a response because the Holy Spirit has been working in the lives of people all these 2,000 years. God is working so hard. We need to work with Him. So now, church, witnessing is actually a lot of fun. It's actually a lot of fun to go out into this world and talk about Jesus. You know, and you've got to use your gospel gun. You've got to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to use every opportunity, every circumstance, now especially when the church opens up, that we've got to bring in the lost. You are definitely a fisherman you are not ashamed. You are filled with power by the Holy Ghost. Now, go out and share that power in Jesus' mighty name. Let us go, church. Amen. God bless you. See you this coming Sunday. God bless. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.